0: Hey, welcome back to The Hustle. It's John Lamoureux. All right, this week we're talking to a, I don't know, a cult icon? I don't know how you, how quite you would describe the great Josie Cotton. I think most people know jo- Josie for this song right here, Johnny, Are You Queer, which, per- which appeared in Valley Girl when she performed it in the movie itself. That movie is seminal. That soundtrack is even bigger. So we talk, of course, about her early days on Electric Records where she put out her first two albums, but then... She went independent after that and has stayed there ever since. Last year, she put out another album called Day of the Gun, which I would encourage you to go check out the videos that she made for Day of the Gun, the singles off that album. And here's what I find really interesting about Josie. Josie doesn't just churn out songs and albums like regular artists do, not that there's anything wrong with that, hers, everything is conceptual. I don't mean they're concept albums, but everything has a concept. The songs, the style, the videos that go along with them, her style, her fashion, the, the covers of the album, all of it is very thought out. It's like all of it is a big art piece. And uh, I really respect her for that. So we talk about all of that, how, how she kind of goes into all of her artistic creative projects. Uh, You'd be interested to find out how she actually makes a living for the most part. It's it's not music, which is fascinating. And uh, anyway, and then of course we talk about the old days, uh, leaving Elektra Records. The second album I actually like better than the debut, which is called Convertible Music. Anyway, there's a whole rich history here. She's kind of an 80s icon in her own way. You know what I mean? A gigantic cult figure. Anyway, she called me from her home in L.A., Okay, first and foremost, I there's a ton to talk about, and I have so many questions, but I almost want to work backwards because <laughs> I find Day of the Gun a really interesting album in general from the from the from the angle that it almost feels conceptual. It doesn't feel like a concept album, but it feels like and I'm probably feeling this way because of those videos that you've made mm-hmm. that are so fun and cinematic. That <laughs> you went into Excuse me. That you went into this project fully vi- visualizing every aspect. The videos, the songs, the style of the songs, who you're going to work with, and I'm wondering if that's true.
1: Well, I I agree with you so much that it's a conceptual album, um, but it it was not planned or um uh, Strategic. <laughs> uh, it was more of me being open to whatever door was going to let me go in it okay. or, 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 or was urging me to come through it. Um, uh-huh. I mean, it, every song was like that. Every, um, uh, you know, every lyric, every, you know, every uh, instrument and, mm-hmm. you know, music, you know, moment, musical moment. Was absolutely um, just channeling uh, uh-huh. for me. The concepts came on their own. Okay, <laughs> um, but I'm a conceptual person. You are, so, uh, you are. More, more and more and uh, more. It seems like that's mm-hmm. my, th- you know, enjoyment of writing is is linked to my curiosity and about ideas and 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 um history and uh the world and and the, the parts that don't make sense are mm-hmm. the most interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um i you know the one thing i always avoid is being corny <laughs> just yeah. i have a, well said
0: you're good at that yes
1: <laughs> I, I try even when I'm saying something that is important to me, I will house it in some kind of, you know, humorous angle or some uh-huh. or a way that could be interpreted the opposite way yeah. when I'm actually meaning it another way. So I, I have fun with the, you know, with the word um, the word games of it all uh-huh. and uh, and uh, <clears throat> double entendres and triple yes. entendres and <laughs> and and, uh, and all that. But like, in the videos, that's become a huge. Part of my, um, you know, repertoire of expressing uh, myself, for lack of a better f- catchphrase, that was uh-huh. awful, that was a pretty awful one. But, but, <laughs> no, but, uh... but you're right. <laughs> but,
0: well, there's uh... always been Josie Cotton has always sort of been more than just the songs. It's the look, it's the persona, it's the vibe, it's the style, it's uh, the fashion. There's always more to Josie than just a three minute pop song that you're going to hear on the radio. Well, absolutely, that's, and I have a lot more questions about that that I'll ask in a little while, but like a song like Day of the Gun, First of all, you got to tell me what it even means. I mean, I I can kind of tell. I'm reading. I'm looking at the lyrics now, and some of it makes sense, and some of it is more conceptual. But the video to it is so fun. It's like Kill Bill or something like that,
1: right? Uh huh.
0: And I'm thinking, when she wrote Day of the Gun, was she thinking about a video like Kill Bill? Was she thinking about the outfits she was going to wear? Because that's what I imagine Josie bringing to everything she does.
1: You know, I I wish I could say that that is. True, but um, you know, the song really that was that was one of the more channeled songs on this record. I the the all the verses and the lyrics just came um after a a, a, an entire weekend of just smoking so much marijuana, (laughs) which (laughs) is I was was just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come up with some songs, and I just Uh (laughs) um, and this was you know and it was it was just so funny to me because i was by myself and um in the first line like bad luck with men i went okay let's do some you know you know biker chick you know yes. <laughs> i thought it was gonna be a biker chick song you know bad yeah. luck with <laughs> men you know you're my kind of toy and all that stuff uh, and and um and i was, it was just going, this is great you know and then uh you know the melody and the lyrics were were just coming at me and um but at one point i just remember day day of the gun and i just went well, that spoke to me i didn't know what it meant exactly um but it sounded like a, a point of reckoning you know like yeah. a time to uh to uh ma- you know to make a move and uh, mm-hmm. it's 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 a turning point and um and I went. So, God, somebody had to have written a song called "Day of the Gun." It's so good, and um, and no one had. And yeah. um, but I, but there was a, a Western movie, and oh. I found this Western movie "Day of the Gun." I think it's from the '60s or '70s, and um, I, I I never saw that. I never saw it, but I think that might have been the birth of mm. you know my you know idea of turning it into a uh, you know kind of a western um i don't know like i think there's just in west there's a spaghetti western aspect to it Yeah, uh, oh I,
0: definitely definitely and yeah.
1: um and so um you know in the song with <laughs> the you know the the lyrics on that song it became like a highly feminist uh statement uh about my personal beliefs were coming through um you know uh, you know about uh Christianity
0: I was gonna say there's the there's a relig- take in the book of Mary take religion too they got it all wrong and Our Lady of Sorrow is coming for you yeah. what did you mean by that
1: well I mean <laughs> I mean I, I, you know included you know, including the the line um 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 remember the flames you know tell me where was the father and son as the Inquisition mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean <laughs> It, it, it's it's going back into the history of women mm-hmm. and and some this insane idea that it's it's really good to control us uh. <laughs> you know and um and yeah. and then I it was pointing out the you know the idea like where were you God at the inquis- in the Inquisition because mm-hmm. you weren't there mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then also at the cross I mean whether you're Christian or not, that's the narrative of Christianity I grew up with, all the men ran away. It was only the women who stayed with him. So, you know, like, you know, um, you know, where were, where were all the men at that moment? This like, you know, the, the, the moment, you know, Christianity, you know, it was, you know, began in a way. Mm -hmm. And so I was just, you know, you know, I, I, for some reason, my, my very conservative family Oh, they they had a belief that any type of religion uh, was fair game, and you could explore and make your own choices. That was the most open minded aspect of of, wh- of how I was raised, and mm-hmm. and I did like explore. I I I, I was a witch. I studied mm-hmm. that. I I I studied all of the ancient Christianity, the books they left out of the Bible. You know, mm-hmm. Judaism. Uh, buddhism hinduism I, I i felt i was an atheist for a while i didn't go into satanism because that just seemed like a bad idea like i actually opened up that book you know and and actually there are there are lines in it that were making sense to me and i went no no yes let's not <laughs> go not,
2: there uh
1: i just even dabbled case. i even you know had my Moment uh, in Scientology because I have a curious mind, you know, and um, that, you know that was not for me, yeah. <laughs> but um, but I but it was a wonderful thing to be able to explore all this and 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 but you know my my beliefs about Christianity came through in that song specifically, yeah. and um, and uh, the female deity,
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm that that was you know. In, in paganism, it's like it's it started with that. So I was able to say all this all these things, and I was going, can I really say that you know to my my yeah. co producer? I was like, can I say that you know like, and uh, is anyone going to notice? And surprisingly, no one has noticed. <laughs> 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 no one has noticed. I'm talking about the Inquisition. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, and you know you're you're one of only one j- other journalist. Who react this the other one was a female and she was uh, she was very excited, you know, that it, this was being talked about at all. Yeah, and, absolutely. And um, and uh, but in when I was doing the video, I was trying, in a way, I was trying to distract people from my words <laughs> because <laughs> as much as I believed them, I was like, maybe I don't want to say that you, you know, all religion is wrong. <laughs> like,
3: right. Oh.
0: You know. Well, and I don't get that vibe necessarily. I just get I it. Know. Just, it gets a it's a vibe of questioning and it's a vibe of slightly pushing back. I love what you said a minute ago about women and their role in religion because if you think about it, and I just had this epiphany kind of while you were talking, I thought, you know what the deal is? Women hold so much of the control and the cards sexually over right. men. Right. That they men have their way of fighting back is to try to control you specifically yeah. your body, right? Because they, that's why rape is largely one way and not the other, and all that kind of right. stuff. Pornography is largely one way and not the other, right? Largely, I'm not. I'm making mm-hmm. not making you know because men are probably so resentful that women like you have the power to say when and where and how mm-hmm. they're they're going to have sex with you that that drives men crazy and so they they fight back by trying to control your bodies and what you can do with them and it's not fair you know what i mean it's a power struggle
1: yeah no it's and 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 also just um a need to like you know demean you know uh treat as children you know there's just there's so many ways you can decimate a a human yeah, <laughs> and um and so you know so that that was part of it and then and, but then the video became quite comical to me because i <laughs> just i was you know i was trying to set up um you know the christianity you know the symbolism of you know christianity coming after women in the form of a priest with a shotgun <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. you know <laughs> and uh he was a good friend of mine and stuff but like for me and you know all it all comes back to comedy for me in a way because
0: I I' right at that yes you,
1: thank, well thank you for yeah. noticing I I make the attempt I you um you know it's um it's like because life is like that like that that's the universe is hilarious <laughs> you know and also so tragic and so sweet and so beautiful and terrifying. there's so many things you can't just you know, you can't deny that humor its mm-hmm. place. So, mm-hmm. Sometimes I think the universe has a very good sense of humor. Like the, mm-hmm. the s- scenarios they set up are just like, okay, that's funny. Good, <laughs> good one. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you got me. <laughs>
0: right. Right. Um, I wanted to ask too about the painting and blood. That's the uh, video as well. And song. It's such a great song. That's the one is that the one where you're the, Well, you play multiple roles in a lot of these, but there's one of yeah. them, I believe where you're a prostitute in a, oh, like, that's a,
1: that's uh, that's Disco Ball, where I'm the that's prostitute. That's Disco Ball,
0: where you're the prostitute. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. But yeah. this one, I'm I'm a serial killer,
0: yeah, and so I'm also the, the person. Street. Are you directing these videos? I mean, are you the one conceptualizing? Like, this is what I want to see.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm the conceptualizer. I write okay. I write the treatment. I I'm you know I'm involved in the casting and the all yeah. of it. You know, but I right. just and and people have been asking me, you know. If, you know, if I wanted to be co-director and I, I, until day, of the, I just kept saying, no, you're the director and I'm fine. And, and, and whatnot. But after, on day of the gun, you know, I just thought, you know what, I'm, I'm so in this, there's not even a name for how involved I am with the, <laughs> you know, the editing and just every single aspect of it, the, every, every moment of the editing is, um, um, you know, I'm part of it. So, yeah. i said okay i'll be co-director you know Uh, and it was all about (laughs) uh, painting and blood So I'm, I'm the serial killer and I'm also one of the people that I kill and, and, like, you know, and I'm also a pal of Marconi's. Yes, like,
0: that's it. That's right. That's right. I yeah, love that.
1: And I'm in a, you know, and I'm also like a, just a, a kind of an Italian, you know, like a lady and lunch yes. lady, you know, of uh, you know, just uh making fun of people who have been killed. It was just yes. like, it was ridiculous. Well, you and, mentioned um,
0: earlier the spaghetti Westerns, and this is kind of a love letter to the funny B movie side of what a spaghetti Western would have been.
1: Yeah. yeah. And specifically, you know, the movies that Morricone ma- did the music for, which were also Italian horror movies. Yeah. Like, you know, when I start, you know, I'm a horror movie, you know, fanatic and, you know, science fiction, all of that but i had never run across the italian horror movies from the 1970s and and then i realized the music was so incredible the cinematography was so incredible the plot lines so not so not good <laughs> but um cuz they repeat they it's formulaic and that's the way they want it in italy they don't want to change they're insulted if you want like to, deny this guy you know his black leather gloves with a knife <laughs> so uh you know like just every single one uh-huh. and so i just thought that was pretty funny but um you know um and then i was and i and i checked and it was more coney in, in a lot of these movies i was like uh-huh. I, you know and i was kind of surprised because he was such an icon to me such a uh-huh. genius and the you know the you know the movies were you know slightly low brow. You know, at, at least yeah, the but they're fun. Things. And um, so that's how the song came about. It was just like, why, why would you do this? Mm-hmm. These movies that I happen to love, but um, and uh, and I when I was I started studying him a bit and um. And I realized he he loved all forms of music. He was influenced by surf music. He sure. he he lifted his you know the choir of the demonic children choir from Rosemary's Baby and he used it in the Exorcist too. Uh, you know, and, and um so he he quite freely, you know, lifted uh from different genres and um and so um and and you know I I lifted from him his sure. Him also, and and I, there's a, like a kind of like a little uh, mini um, Italian horror movie going on in my ode and you know love letter to Morricone, who died yeah. while we were recording that song. Oh, that's
0: right, yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh, I forgot about that. And it was and yes. it have been so fun, and I really wanted him to
3: yeah.
0: hear
1: it because sure. I basically taken you know his music and written over it, you know, with you know, mm-hmm. anyway.
0: It's fun. So that was really sad, you know. I'm curious about this. You, going back all the way, obviously, to Valley Girl, when I watch these videos and I see you back in the early 80s in in that movie and everything, I feel like you could have just as easily become an actress. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if that was what you wanted to do. I don't know if that was ever offered to you, if that would have been a goal of yours. Was Mm -hmm. it ever brought up as something like, because, as I was saying earlier about the, the Josie Cotton package, mm-hmm. there being more than just a song, you would have been perfect to plug into a lot of the movies that like someone like E.G. Daly might have done you know, back mm-hmm. in the day. Or whatever. You just have that look. You could have been, you know, I don't know, you could have been Tony Basil, you could have been Leah Thompson, you could have been any of these kind of women that we think of when we think of those quirky movies back then.
1: Well, you know, I am... Um um i was attracted to acting i mean specifically i was more i was kind of in the comedy world you know i had a comedy yeah. radio show back in in dallas and and uh i had a lot of fun with that writing comedy and the characters and and um and i in in the first time i was interested in acting was i did a like it was a kind of a mini uh a short it was kind of a a horror comedy movie that I did with a bunch of friends of mine. And I was the lead actress and my friend T-Bone Burnett did all the music. And, he's uh, so,
2: yeah, he crazy. was my friend
1: back in Dallas. And, um, and, and it was called Padra, this, this house plant that takes over the world and really is sorry about it. And he's, he's crying to the camera a lot. It was pretty funny. And, um, and so I, you know, they were all going, you've got to be an actress and including T-Bone. And, um, and, uh, you know, that's your, that's your calling. You're an actress. And, um, and so I came, when I came out to California, not long after that, I was supposed to drive out with T-Bone, but his girlfriend did not, was not going to have that. So, yeah. cause, you know, <laughs> you know, and so I, I was actually studying acting, you know, and, um, and, uh, but I, uh, music was such a part of me from the time I was little. And um, at one point, I remember I just I just I had to I made myself choose because I was, I was doing music uh, stuff and I was, you know, doing all this acting. I thought I I think I have to choose, and I chose music. Mm. And um, but you know, I I get to do a little um, you know my little (laughs) acting in the in the videos I do now. So I mean, that's that's fun. It's kind of comedy horror.
0: Yeah, you're great at it. That's why I thought there, you could have just as easily have done that or done both at one time. I know you've talked about Valley Girl a billion times in your life, so I, I I don't want to dwell on it too, too much. I do have just a couple of questions for you. Number one, I am curious about being included in the movie itself. Where, did you have to audition for that? I mean, they could have just as easily put Bonnie Hayes in there or... Anyone else, but they chose you to perform mm-hmm. there. Do you remember the negotiations around that? Did you have to audition?
1: No, no, no. the um, The producer, the director, Martha Coolidge, started uh, somehow got the number of my producers, the Payne brothers, uh, Larson Payne in particular, and I started calling him and saying that she wanted me to be in, in, in a in a mo- my music to be in a movie and and uh, and and to me per- to perform in it, and he thought it was. A crank call, keep hanging up on her, and uh, the lady, leave me alone, you know, hang up on her. And then finally, she was able to convince him that it was a real, uh, you know, situation. And um, um, and so I mean, it, it was just as simple as you know, him just going, okay,
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: and uh, me accepting, but they they had won in me, and um. Um they particularly wanted Johnny Are You Queer in the movie, which I thought was really interesting because I had already been banned so much. There's so much so much crazy stuff had happened with that song. And I and I, you know, I was banned from AM radio and you know, like yes. you know, banned here, banned there, and banned in Amsterdam, and and um and so um you know it was just I thought it was pretty wacky of her to want that song. Yeah <laughs> um yeah. Uh, so you know so that you know they wanted three songs and so and I'm really glad I did I think I got a, a lot of people heard about me uh who would not have otherwise um uh from that movie and yeah. I hear that a lot you know I yes. didn't know about you until and I got and I got your record and and this and that so yeah it, it was uh it's I think it's I think I'm I'm not ashamed of that movie I think no, the music it's stands a classic. You know, I think I think it stands up. You know, the test of time, and um, mm-hmm. and musically, I, I think it was kind of an important film for yeah. the music of that time because a lot of it, a lot of it was, had not gone to the mainstream of, mm-hmm. you Absolutely know, true. America. It was, yeah. it was like you know considered alternative, or mm-hmm. it was just you know, and um, and so um, that was like a. a, a a, you know, a beautiful uh, whoever put that together. I'm not sure, uh, but they did a really good job with that. They did.
0: I mean that that um, that soundtrack is generational. I mean it, it's it's. I think of like the John Hughes movie soundtracks as being sort of the pinnacle of my generation, right. and because I would have been probably nine or ten, I guess, when mm-hmm. Valley Girl came out. So I, yeah, it's just like a couple of years prior to my. Right, you know, but for the people just ahead of me, uh-huh. that's the thing. That's the yeah. impactful, you know, soundtrack for them.
1: Yeah, and, and that's, uh, the, that's a coming of age movie for a yes. lot. I used to think it was a a chick movie, you know, because it's romantic comedy, but actually, it was a guy's movie. Oh, it was yeah. a young man's coming of age movie. Of of uh, you don't have to be a dick, you know in this world dudes <laughs> you, know, like, you can be really interesting and uh you know and and not go with the jocks and yeah. and be an artistic kind of a soul and and uh you know get the girl and and all of that stuff and yeah. and um and um you know I thought it was it was sweet and Nicholas Cage was. of course you know his he's just one of the greats now yeah. of, um think that was a he stole that movie he (laughs) He absolutely stole
0: that movie he did um i'm curious if and i don't know the order here so if i'm getting this backwards tell me but my guess is the movie comes out and all eyes are now on josie cotton more than they have been before and i wonder if there's any capitalization going on from that like is he could be the one the new single that like, now that you're all aware of who Josie Cotton is, here's some more great music from her. Is that, was that the plan?
1: Well, you know, there I don't think there was really a plan. I uh he could be the one had already been on the radio. Is that okay, big that's hit. what I was
0: wondering. Okay. And
1: so and so they they wanted that and I know uh, which
0: came first.
1: Yeah, and so they but they you know, um that was my hit on like, you know, AM radio or commercial radio, but um they really wanted Johnny Claire and I just thought that was
0: adorable. <laughs> 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 yes. So let me ask you then about the next album from the hip, because it, uh, I actually, I actually might like that album better a little hmm, bit.
3: Interesting. Um,
0: yeah. And, but it's the set, sa- it, you basically have those two major label albums on Electra and then nothing for a decade. And I'm curious if, did they get behind that album? Was there, did you feel like when you made that, that the machinery was in place to, get you hits and get you seen or did it die sort of a death you know
1: well it, it died a, a, a murder uh, <laughs> because um um you know at one point they were really behind me and and uh and whatnot but i think they they got cold feet because the controversy controversy around me and that song did not go away there was corporate backlash they were just tired of it and um and and it you know it At one point, um, Johnny Queer had been, uh, and this happened like into the second record. Johnny Queer had already come and gone, and they had gotten all the radio programmers uh, in the country to agree to allowing it on AM radio if they replaced Queer with a beep sound.
3: Oh, and
1: uh, and you know, and everyone was all excited about that, and then Electra said no. And so they pulled the plug on that. I just I can't even imagine how far it would go if it had been in, in a real rotation on, you know, and allowed to be, you know. Well, it doesn't
0: even just have to be that song. Every song on that album, Convertible Music, by the way, could have been just as successful. I mean, that song is quirky yeah. and it's fun because it's kind of provocative. But there's tons of other songs that could have been hits. Same yeah. with the next album, too. They had a lot to work with. It doesn't make sense for them to be like, well, this one failed and this one's too controversial, so we're done with Josie. Well, you
1: know, I know. Just try the, something else. The other thing is, um, you know, they they were changing CEOs like uh, you were that, changing yeah. their socks. I mean, there were three different CEOs, you know, in my short time there. And and the people who signed me were long gone. They mm. they really didn't know any. They did not get me... Uh, Actually, it, 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 when the second record came out, that was the fourth CEO in two wow. years, wow. and um, and so he had no idea who I was. He was yeah. just like, "Who is this?" And yeah. um, and there was no reference at all. So you get you get lost in the politics. Well, I didn't sign her. But she didn't. Yeah. Blah 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 blah. You know. Yeah. So
0: that makes sense. How does Lindsey Buckingham come on to play guitar on Jimmy Loves Maryanne?
1: Oh, the the very last uh, CEO of Electra turned out to be Roy Thomas Baker uh-huh. who you know the producer and so he uh, when Electra fired my producers and, um, and on the second record and he came in to try and finish the record and 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 we were in London I, ha- I had to go over there and we were finishing some songs and he was producing the cars. Uh, at, at the time uh, over there and Lindsay Buckingham was just well, he was just in town and he dropped by and uh you know and he and um Roy said, you know, you wanna th- throw down a, a gu- you know a guitar solo yeah. on this song and he went, sure, you know, and that's how it happened. It was- <laughs> that's great. That's <laughs> great. Yeah, he was yeah, he was very sweet. And um and uh yeah people you know, love the fact that he's on that, on that mm-hmm. song, Jimmy loves Marianne. Yes. Or, or what was the song he was on? I'm...
0: Yeah. That's what I, th- yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I've yeah. read. Yeah. Jimmy loves yeah, Marianne. I think yeah. so.
1: Yeah. And mm-hmm. that, and that was uh, kind of bigger in Europe than it was the United States. Yeah. So that was not, not a great story, but uh,
0: that's what happened. No, That's, that's, that's what I want to know. It's interesting how stuff like that happens. I had um, Mark from vanilla fudge. What's his last name? And suddenly, stein anyway i think it was him who put out a solo album in the early 80s that has michael jackson on one of the songs because michael jackson happened to be in the hallway buying something from a vending machine like a candy bar when he was recording it and so they asked him to come in and sing backward i hope i'm maybe i've got the wrong guy but anyway stories like that are legendary you know what i mean um i wanted to ask too speaking of guitar players so you just went on tour, and um, you didn't come through Denver, where I live. I hope you do one of these times so I can go. But a former guest of the show who's become sort of a friend is Anthony Kaczynski, who was playing guitar with the Plimsouls on this oh. tour that you just went on.
1: Okay, so, yeah. Yes.
0: And um, I'm curious what touring uh, – also, Prescott Niles was on here a few oh, yeah. years ago yeah, um, yeah, is he still playing with you or does he was that just only back then
1: no it was just it was just back then um and then uh but i played some shows with him as he because he became um missing persons bass yep. player
2: yep. and so That's we right. did
1: some of these 80s a uh, couple of 80s uh, i did a couple of things with her where you know yeah. um i opened up for her and um and so I saw him, and um, yeah, and, and uh, Tony, right, Who, the guitar player. Yeah, he was.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah Tony, he, Tony, because it yeah, uh, was
1: great. Um, uh, yeah, we we had we did some really
0: killer shows. I think. Yeah, yeah, I um, I think I think Prescott also plays with Gary Myrick, and um, oh yeah, so he's he's in that LA like retro kind of '80s scene where yeah, yeah, a band he, like you or Missing Persons or whatever is going to go out on tour prescott's there to kind of yeah. play. tell me about this tour with the plimsolls and how long did you get to play do you is it it's not like an 80s thing where you just do three songs and you're done is it or did you get mm-hmm. to perform more than that
1: no i mean i um you know they they uh they opened up for for me and uh you know i think they were 40 minute uh and we were however long we wanted to go
0: oh i didn't realize and you were the so- headliner that's even better Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. So um yeah, I mean I um um there were two like there's the West Coast part of that tour and then the East Coast. And um, you know, um we we I was opening up for the Gimme give and um
0: Oh sure. Yeah Yeah,
1: that was really fun and uh we went all over the place, Las Vegas and you know, Ventura and Arizona, and you know, just kind of local drivable for me. Yes. Uh, and um, um, you know, um, that was really great. We do, it was high end venues and uh, and um, you know, beautiful. I mean, my God, the lighting and stuff. Yes. Uh, it's so incredible. These these places. Um, the Brooklyn um, um, Bowl in Las Vegas was just spectacular. Nice. And um, anyway, and then and then I I was doing I was headlining this uh, pop festival in New York City, and um, and so my my new booking agent said, well, let's get a, you can't just go and do one show in New York and take your whole band. Uh-huh. And so uh, and, uh, and so she said, let me try and organize something with the Plimsolls because they. Uh-huh they're there now and, um, the band members and um and uh, and also kurt baker was going kurt you know was going to be our opening act he canceled last minute uh hmm. you know and I don't uh, know kurt who's kurt oh I he he was in uh, some uh, power pop he's kind of big in europe and okay and, uh, kurt milton baker and the and uh,
0: I love that stuff i should look Sideways, him
1: up. i think was the name of the oh, okay. Band. Okay. yeah but um anyway so um uh it was just like a, a great band he uh Good. you know uh that he that they had the plumeso sounded amazing people were so happy and um you know what for me my the night before the sh- we were leaving for new york my keyboard player came down with covid and oh, so gosh. we i've never done shows without a keyboard player like and so it's, it's so important in a lot of my songs uh, you know they're mm-hmm. uh so it was just like uh Mm -hmm. (laughs) what are we gonna do and um and uh so we just did it like i had a trio behind me you know Mm -hmm. i played the guitar a little bit but it was basically three three people and uh, it was wild you know and we you know we were doing stuff i i've you know stuff i've never done before on stage Mm -hmm. because it was it was just felt like the wild west or something it was like that's great. Yes. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on, but I just felt very f- free. Uh, rather than you know, like bemoaning the fact, I just you know jumped into the fire mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. and so I-, I feel like we we gave every everybody a really good show they could remember.
0: You know, good. I hope I get to see that one time. By the way, I just realized Tony has COVID too. He just posted this week that he's no. got it too, and I wonder if he caught it from on that tour or something it's back around but
1: but see i i didn't get it
0: yeah well that's that's i mean who knows anymore it's going around it's really going going around
1: around right now my
0: my my dad died of it about almost exactly three years ago actually and so i'm i'm extremely sensitive to people who don't take it seriously yeah luckily we're not because of just different strains and the vaccines and stuff like that it seems less fatal than it was before. I don't know if people yeah. are dying from it anymore. Yeah. But um anyway. But there's
1: the long-term effects yeah. still happen. But yeah. like my keyboard player, we ha- we did a show in in Ventura at the Ventura Theater, which is beautiful, and um he'd been not he'd been kind of taking naps when he when she never does. Paul Rossler, you know, he's famous, you know, in the punk rock mm-hmm. scene and he's my, you know, Co-creator and all the things I do, um, but he—he um, he was coughing, so I put my coat over his head, you know, and he was coughing into, my, you know, my collar, mm. this fur collar, fake fur collar, and um, yeah. and then that that night he came home. He said, "I just tested positive for oh. COVID," and I was going. Then I for sure have it. And everybody, because we were in a van traveling for seven hours yes. to Arizona all together, you know, yes. the windows didn't open. I was like, we're all doomed. This is terrible. And I didn't get it. And my guitar Good. player didn't get it. And the drummer didn't. So we were just golden. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know how I managed. Because I, I had just been sick for a month with the flu. I think my immune system was not mm. in top shape. Mm -hmm. but uh apparently my will is strong yes
0: (laughs) good that's a relief um okay i wanted to ask you i'm so curious about the frightened by nightingales album because after from the hip nothing happens for a decade and i don't know what you do during that decade and then you come back with nightingales And this album sounds nothing like anything you nothing had like. done but, you before. Know, the, th-
1: the thing is, after the Elektra records, I did go. There was a third deposit in the in the first, you know, trilogy of of mm-hmm. my albums, and uh, it was the uh, album. Everything is oh so yeah, and I did a I, oh, I recorded the yeah. entire thing, you know, with Brian Setzer was on it, and um, really on on a couple of songs, and um, and. Um, you know, and I—I I was so turned off by the music industry at that point. I started getting like, um, kind of like calls from my old manager. Uh, it was just that they were—it was like the, it was trying. They were trying to get me to go back into into that world, you know, major label. And I was just—it made me re- actually sick to my stomach. It was—it was, you know, I just felt just so adverse to being misunderstood again and attacked and, mm-hmm. and all of this stuff. And, you know, just feeling like I'm with strange, insane, you know, criminal strangers sure. who are in yes. charge of my, my art, you know, like, mm-hmm. um so, you know, I, I made the whole record and um, I, I basically didn't want to be Josie Cotton anymore. I, mm-hmm. I did, I, I put it all in, in storage and then, you know, like just like few years ago, the Stranger Things. They, you know, they were trying to find songs. They said, "Do you do you have do you have any recorded music from the '80s that never got released?" And I was going, "This is my my, my uh, publishing company." I went, "Well, I have a whole album actually," <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't their cup of tea because they're just more goth. They're more kind uh-huh. of you know dark wave. All this stuff. Uh-huh. Mine is a little poppy a little rockabilly ish mm-hmm. times and and all this stuff so but it, it made me we had to go i had to find those tapes it was in someone's garage it was mm-hmm. uh, and the rafters had been rained on and they were actually in perfect shape and it's a miracle and um and i was i just remember listening to this this record i'd done with my producers the pain brothers and just weeping you know just like yeah Oh fuck! You know this meant something to me. You know, yeah. like this was really good. Yeah. It's the best singing I ever did in my life. Like you know, it was just mm-hmm. I just, but I couldn't. Um, you know, I couldn't do it at the time. You know, it was it was yeah. too intense. So, but we released it. You know, and um, that you record, released
0: this album. Where, where yeah. is it? I all, it's, all it's, I know is
1: yeah, it's it's on uh, it's on our you know our web our website.
0: When you said everything is oh yeah. I'm thinking of the song on the Pussycat Babylon album.
1: Yeah, no, the original song was on um, uh, um, was on this record, the, my third record. Oh, oh. yeah, I a couple of songs with Brian on there that were so good.
0: I didn't realize, I didn't realize that's when this, were, when this one came from. Okay. Yeah. Yes, it is on there.
1: Yeah. That's oh, great. what I did right, right after, you know, I, I went immediately in the studio and, and did this record and then it just got shelved, you know, and, and, uh, I just, I was just always recording like people yeah. would, you know, not know, but, uh, yeah. Um, you know, the, um, I'd already recorded, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, yeah yeah the fright my nightingales that's that's a I wanted it to be totally going a totally different direction and because
0: my, i,
3: because I, I could. Say,
0: oh yes and and I mean obviously by then you don't have a major label that's expecting anything anything of you you can do what you want. <laughs> mm-hmm. my understanding of that is that they are songs written by Bill Ray is that right and' we're,
1: uh for the most part he he uh, you know i am like came were you in, married
0: uh, to Bill Ray what Were you, who's Bill Ray? Were you married to him or something? No,
1: no, 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 no. He was just this really brilliant songwriter, producer. um, And uh, I had heard a tape he had done. And, um, you know, I I was, you know, I I did, you know, some lyric writing on that, on that record, but it's basically all him.
3: Okay. And
1: I I was attracted to it because of the, of the, you know, the challenge of the singing on it, because Mm. I had studied you know, voice, I, you know, sung, you know, um, in, you know, these classical ways and, and, um, and this, as a singer, this was like a huge, you know, challenge for me. And, mm-hmm. um, and, um, these, and, you know, they were, um, beautiful songs and mm-hmm. I just, thought uh, I really want to do this. And so, yeah. um, I, I, I did. And, um, it was, it was funny because it came out, um, it first it came out in France, <clears throat> and um and then I was told it was too cabaret for France. It's mm. not cabarets; it's, it's like cowboy cabaret. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a severed severed head on the edge of town cabaret. You know, like it's it's <laughs> <laughs> yes. you know it's it's sunset. You know, it's yeah. just it's like twisted cabaret. But I thought that mm-hmm. was hilarious. And then after I. I'd recorded my whole, you know, Invasion of the B-Girls, which is all the theme songs from B-movies and all this stuff. Great album. And I, shortly after taking that to Bomp Records, who said it was too quirky. Two cabaret for France and Quirky for Bomb Records, like that's when they were doing all the you know the crazy B movie soundtracks and yes. all this. They weren't even in music. And I was like, Okay, like I'm I'm don't fit in anywhere around here. So yes. um, you know, so that was funny to me. It was a
3: funny weird.
0: moment. That's yeah. weird. So let me ask you a couple things. We we try to cover the business side very sensitively on here, and I'm curious if over the years, given your—I mean, you're primarily, let's be honest, a cult artist in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, sure. and you've had a lot of cult success. I don't know whether that success is enough financially to keep you afloat. Have you ever had to do anything outside of music, like a regular job?
1: Well, uh, you know, I'm—I'm I'm really lucky in that regard. I—I uh, I am kind of in um uh, in, involved let's say in my family's business that I oh. am and cool. so I'm I'm the um, I'm the person who with no business skills at all runs <laughs> yes. an entire corporation. Yeah <laughs> but um uh so you know in many ways I'm a in a I'm a I'm a benefactor to the arts. I you know
0: interesting. What is uh, your family's business that you run oil. if you don't mind. oil. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh boy! Oil and gas. Okay, are they in in, in Texas? I'm guessing, oh, yeah. right? Oh,
3: yeah.
1: A
0: good friend of mine um, has a an oil well or pump or whatever it's called on a big section of property that he owns, and it pays <laughs> pays the bills. Yeah, and then some. Yep.
1: Yeah, I mean, we do more natural gas, which I I know is a better. Um, but it was a, it was you know my grandfather started the company, and mm-hmm. and uh, his father was in it, and it was a kind of a, a family situation and Got so it. um you know that's allows me to um you know
0: be artistic you know, yeah. and be creative yeah, and be focus artistic on that and, I get and, it. and and
1: help other people you know yep. do the same you know like with our yep. record company you know that's not exactly um a profitable <laughs> you know anymore. place right. anymore yeah. yeah and so um it's 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 a labor of love and yeah. um and so, um, you know, that's, I don't have kids, you know. Mm-hmm. Are you
0: married? I don't, no. I'm not even sure. No. no. Okay.
1: okay. And I wasn't good at that. Bad luck ah. with men. Remember that? Got it. Yeah. I, I remember you saying it. that earlier,
0: but I didn't know how personal <laughs> it was.
1: Uh, a lot more than a few. Okay. Got it. Okay.
0: <laughs> I'm curious, and if this is too personal, you tell me and we'll cut it out. Yeah. Being in LA and in that scene for as long as you have, did you have any famous boyfriends?
1: No, uh, you know, I, I, like serial monogamy was, you know, kind of, uh, but now, no, I didn't. Uh,
3: okay.
1: But, but my, my, but my boyfriends tended to be producers.
3: Ah, okay. That I
1: was working with. <laughs> okay. And, um, and I, I, I love, you know, working with people I know and care mm-hmm. about. You know, people say, "Oh, you can't work with friends." Well, I can only work with friends. I, mm-hmm. you know, that's how I have to roll. It's just. Yeah. If there, if it's too businesslike, I am like a fish out of water and, um, you know, and, uh, if the personal stuff gets in the way, then I know when to cut mm-hmm. the cord <laughs> mm-hmm. of insane people, Got I it. Mean, you know, like yeah. it's just the thing I learned is, you, you know, you have to be surround yourself with people who have your back who mm-hmm. are sane, you mm-hmm. know, and who are, the talent is the last thing on the list you could yeah. should concern yourself with if, if they're not sane and like and really in your corner mm-hmm. you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so I
0: totally get it. I totally get it. Uh, my son is pretty good at baseball and he got kind of recruited to play in a competitive league this last summer and he was frustrated because he went from being the best player on his Kind of little league team right. to being one of the worst players on this competitive league,
1: yeah, yeah. And
0: we were saying to him that a coach would much rather that you had the fire in your belly to get better and be coachable than they would the talent. If you have talent but you have no ambition to be better, then right. if, it doesn't mean anything to a coach, they don't have anything to work yeah. with. But mm-hmm. if you have the ambition, You'll work hard enough to get better at the talent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so we, that's been a hot topic in my house. Now, one thing I want to mention, we have Patreon supporters. And I let them know who I'm talking to and if they want to submit questions, they can. And one of ours is Jake Rood, who's a prominent DJ in the Midwest. and he, Oh, I know him. Yeah. Okay. You know well, he's...
1: Minneapolis.
0: Yes, that's it. So I met I him, had yes. a feeling you would. Yes. Jake's great. He's a He's a fan and a supporter and has become a friend too. I like Jake a lot. He wanted to know
1: Tell him hello for me.
0: I will. I'll text him as soon as we're done. I he said my question is simple. I'd love to hear the details of the very first time she saw Valley Girl on a big screen. <laughs> Do you um, remember this? Well, <laughs> were you at a premiere? Did you go to did you have to I, you buy what, a ticket I like everyone else?
1: I didn't go to the premiere. I didn't go to the theater. I didn't see it for years and years after it came out. Really, uh, I think the first time I saw it um, was on TV, mm-hmm. and like years later. And the That's first the time only I, way
0: I've ever seen it, like I said, I was too time little.
1: I ever saw it on a big screen was actually in Minneapolis at the show I did at the Parkway Theater that Jake Rudd was very involved in. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and we had a, a E.G. Daily. And, um, and, um, and, um, uh, can announce the, introduce the, the movie uh-huh. to the audience. We had her, I had her specially do that for us. She's and great. Was, She's been on was,
0: here before too. I love her.
1: And it was at Christmas and it was all very, you know, beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the show, uh, it was fantastic. That was the first yep. time I had seen it.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow. I bet, I doubt he knew that when he posted this question. Yeah, That's interesting. Who knew that it would tie back to him? Yeah. Um, okay. I have one other question regarding Johnny, which um, my, I, it wasn't written by you. It was written by other people. And I had read somewhere getting ready to talk to you that it had sort of been making the rounds. Like, I guess the go-go's were performing it. I don't And so I wondered if when you got it, if there were other people already attached to it who had passed or recorded it and it didn't come out or you sort of fought for it, like I'm the person to perform this song, what's the story there? Yeah.
1: The story is um, the Payne brothers were working with the Go-Go's at the time. They were their producers for two years and, and involved in a whole lot of their growth. I don't, not sure why they never mentioned them, but, um, hmm. um, but at any rate they, um, um, they were um, um, doing that song at the end of every show uh-huh. and um, that was their big song that was something that they were uh, loved for that song uh-huh. and then they had a parting of the ways um, uh, and you know the paperwork between production deal got torn up uh, and um, you know the 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 go-go's wanted out of this uh right in the lawyer's office after everyone had signed everything. <laughs> mm. And so um uh they said we, we're not we, we can't do this deal with you and Payne brothers and the Payne brothers said, Well then we're taking our song back. They were the only ones to do it. There was no one else. They wrote it for the oh, Go-Go's. Okay. You okay. know when when uh, Jane Wheedland said all the cute boys are gay, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and so um, so I I had become um, I you know the Payne Brothers knew I was a singer mm-hmm. um, and a songwriter, and um, I uh, and I was friends with them at the time, and so they were going to they. <laughs> This is uh, such an odd idea of them to to demo it up for their publishing company Warner Brothers. Like, no one knew the song except fans of the Go Go's, and um, so they were doing a a demo that no one would hear, right? Uh And um, and so I, you know, as with a background in comedy, I I I was falling on the floor, as did everyone who heard that song. It was like Uh a point of like, like it it was some kind of a you know, just a visceral re- reaction yeah. was to laugh and just be shocked and like mm-hmm. so happy, and all these emotions would flood through people, and it did mm-hmm. the same for me. And I said, "Let me sing the demo." Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, at the time, Larson and Payne was my boyfriend, and he said, yeah. uh, "No, no, no, it's not for you. There's no way my girlfriend's gonna sing that song." <laughs> 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 and so, <laughs> and so his brother Bobby Payne. Um, You know, I was saying, Bobby, I really, I really want to sing. I think I could really sing the shit out of the song, and and uh, and Bobby said, I'll talk to him. And so then he he finally talked his brother into it, and um, and it turns out that demo is what got signed by Bomp Records. Wow! They called up Greg. You know, it just turned out so much better than they had realized it it would and um you know called up greg shaw at Bomb records like i have this song johnny are you queer and he said Mm -hmm. i'll take it (laughs) and that's how we it was just so uh you know it was just a funny um you know kind of segue of how it all
0: got it okay um i was curious too i touched on the pussycat babylon uh album before that felt like the last few albums of yours well a lot of them in the post like peak period B movies the new one feel like as uh, they have a sort of a concept and it feels like the last album was you sort of embracing some techno um, Te- I really techno, like yes I really like Stop Iggy Pop that's a fun song Hey
4: Freak Show You're a million miles from home You're a stranger well that's not your own Look around beauty and the violence Make a noise in the silence no way to stop it We just have to rock it Stop up
0: And I wondered if that's what you were doing. Like when you do that, is that because that's what you're into? Are you thinking this might get played in clubs? Is it, are you influenced by somebody? What goes into thinking those?
1: Well, um, you know, that was the situation where um, I had a boyfriend who um, just made the comment, like you should do an electronica record. Mm -hmm. And I loved, uh, you know, electronica music. And, um, and I love dance music. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, And I thought that would probably be a great, you know, direction. Cause I mean, you know, I've been in the dance clubs and, um, and I, and it's, it's kind of new wave you know, uh-huh. the, uh, Very uh, much uh, so. and
0: especially it, coming from you.
1: Yeah. yeah. And so I, that, that, that was something I decided on, like, I'm going to do an electronica record. Uh-huh. And so, um, and so then, you know, the songs, you know, we're just, we're coming and and, um, you know, I, um. You Know, I thought it would do more than it did, honestly. Huh. It was, uh, um, but it's the only number one song I ever had in my life. Was See the New Hong Kong
0: really? I didn't know yeah, that,
1: and uh, in Lithuania. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> so- wow, I wake up with the TV on, fly away, see the new Hong Kong, Asian girls just slightly out. Jetting from my bed Drowning out the splashing sounds of summer
1: I know it's so funny like I I I talk to radio you know in interviews uh on the radio and and uh you know they'll you know, ask me that question and, uh and they go well, we, no wonder we're getting so many calls from Lithuania and Russia and uh, Ukraine <laughs> and, and That's um, hilarious. I know. So yeah that was apparently um you know a thing over there. Okay. And um you know and um and then they they also you know, I had a um, a dance remix in Europe. It was kind of huge, and mm-hmm. uh, Testo did one of my songs on that record. If a lie was love, and that got oh. like millions of views and, and uh, all this stuff. So um, yeah, I, I love that record. I did that. Good. That was part. Um, that record was part techno and part like having your heart ripped out and put <laughs> in front of your face. <laughs> that was the first time I ever wrote. with absolutely. Um, you know, just completely revealing my, my uh-huh. personal life, like several of the songs about one person,
0: Oh boy! And,
1: you know, the relationship. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, yeah, you okay. know, I, I, I got some good songs out of that yes, nightmare.
0: <laughs> okay. I'm going to listen to it again, knowing this and, and, uh, see if yeah. I can hey get now the deeper
1: meanings. And, and Hey now and, uh, you know, Motel 6 and, yeah. uh, you know, you know all, all that stuff. Uh, see the new Hong Kong specifically. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have a question for you, and I'll cut this out. Who is on the wall behind you in the white wife beater up above you? Is that like? That's that's oh, Bruce that's Lee. Oh, that's Bruce Lee. I could only see. I couldn't <laughs> see his head. I could only see below him. That's
1: Bruce Lee. I'm like. I live this. You're actually in my bedroom right now. This is. Oh like, wow. <laughs> yeah. This is my. Uh, this is where I sleep. Got it. Wow! <laughs> but it has the best lighting in the whole house and the best reception. So great. I, I start. I'm now doing. You're the first one, but I'm going to be doing all my Zoom uh, interviews good. in my bed. <laughs>
0: good. That's a good place for it.
1: But yeah, um, stop, Biggie Pop. I love that one. I love that too. Yeah, um,
0: and I like the Bruce. I almost mentioned the Bruce Lee song too. That's so funny. That's who, up. I can only see from the neck down. Yeah. So yeah, like, that's well, him.
1: What's That's his, my what's guy.
0: That picture up there? Got
1: it. I'm a okay. huge. I'm I'm a huge uh, Bruce Lee fan. Wow. I don't know why, but you know, huh. Bruce, you know, Bruce you know, kung fu movies all of yeah. that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, Josie, um I just think you're great. Thanks for talking with me. I find you just to be so interesting and anyone who only knows Johnny doesn't realize the depths of what else is out there in in terms of josie cotton and so i wanted to kind of dive into some of that you know get an okay. understanding of the other stuff and so thanks oh. for chatting with me i appreciate it
1: well i appreciate it and i i, I really love your enthusiasm and and in the very like perceptive you know things you said about you. what i'm trying what i'm shooting for anyway i can
0: tell i can tell thank you thank you all right there you have it josie cotton uh, I want to close it out with one more song from the second album. This is School's In. Again, it's more new wave sounding, less sort of, I don't know, rockabilly or whatever the, you know, retro, like that first album. They're both fantastic, by the way. Everything she does is really interesting. I would encourage you to go check it all out. It's all out there streaming. Uh, anyway, huge thanks to Josie for this one. Next week, we're going full-on 80s punk rock from the late 70s, early 80s. That's what's coming up next week, 80s British punk rock. Huge thanks, as always, to Yan the man, Markiewicz, my right-hand man, for everything. Folks, you can like our page on Facebook. You can send us a message on there. You can send us an email at thehustlepod at gmail.com. Or you can sort of almost find us on Twitter at thehustlepod. Again, we have a deep dive, which, or, I'm sorry, not a deep dive. We have a book club that should be coming out this weekend. It's one of the best music-related books I've probably ever read, to be honest. And the author and I have a really interesting conversation about it. So anyway, thanks, folks. We love you. We'll talk to you soon.